What is up? Hey. Welcome back to the Salty Dogs Podcast. Hi. How fun is that? It's fun. So usually we put the intro music in and post, but today we're actually piping it in through Facebook Live. We're laying the pipe. Hopefully we actually... Are you serious? Did you just say that? You said piping it in. I said piping it in. Yeah. Okay. Let's just... Whoop. Let's just go. That was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) That was the worst introduction on this podcast ever. Hey, at least you didn't say yo-yo, though. I know. You have me insecure now, so I can't. I can't say... What's up, Salty Dogs Podcast, <laughs> Tinker Toys, Legos. Oh, man. Jeremiah, what was your favorite childhood toy? Oh, man, I had several. Uh, Legos were one of them. Um, honestly, we were outside more than anything, so it was... Nature? It was always... This guy. Well, yeah, just Earthworms. Like building... Beetles. We built a lot of clubhouses. Ant hills. Yeah, ant hills. I just played video games all day. That was your favorite toy. Yeah. That's fun stuff. That's it. Oh, so actually, do. you know what my favorite toys were? Were your toys. <laughs> Which ones were those? remember how you used to have those all lined up at Nana's house on the I wall? I did. You'd take them and down and play go, with them and, and I put would. them back exactly where they were w- so yes. Uncle Jason would know where they were. Mm-hmm. That's funny. If you didn't know, if you're just tuning into the Salty Dogs podcast, I'm Jason <laughs> and Christopher's one of my hosts, and, uh, or one of the hosts, and I'm his, I'm his uncle. Say am, uncle. Uh, No. Hey, guess what's special about this episode? What? It's the first episode 19 of any season. Oh, wow. And we're actually going to episode 20 this season. Yeah, we had a... So we were planning on stopping with this episode. Our friend Jeremiah, who's here with us today, was going to be our last guest of the season. And then we had a mystery guest text well, you. We're not even going to mystery guest him. Sam McVeigh's coming you're, back. Oh, on. you're dropping it. Okay. Why not? I don't know. I just thought so, I'd build some suspense. So, so if you listen to season one and season two, Sam McVeigh came on and he's coming back and he's actually going to round out our church planner series. Mm. And I, I think we're actually going to tackle on a topic we talked about tackling before, which is alternative church expressions. Ooh, nice. Yeah. That'll be really, really good. I'm super excited to hear from him. Yeah, it's going to be good. I think he's someone that does not hold back. He does not pull his punches right no holds barred he will point punch you never mind Mm -hmm. he will throw punches yes spiritual throw punches yes or spiritual like or spiritual groin punches like like the turtle from is it the turtle in kung fu panda what was that little spiritual Yoda being? In I don't Kung watch. Panda? I don't watch demonic shows like Dude, that. You have to, hey, yeah. the only spirit that I follow is the Holy Spirit. If it ain't in the Trinity, it ain't for me. <laughs> well, the Bible's not in the Trinity, so that kind of works, doesn't it? Uh, uh, Heresy. Heresy. Next question. Heresy. <laughs> hey, so you said you had something to start with, but I do too. So who wants to go first? Uh, let's, let's rock paper scissors okay. on right now. Oh, <laughs> I did weird. it wrong. That, okay. Hold on. You already knew what I was doing. Yeah. Okay, you go you. first. Am I starting? Yep. So I learned a couple things this week, and I want to share two things that I learned. What did you learn this week? So last weekend, uh, yeah, th- was it this week? Last, I don't even know my weeks. Bro. Two weeks ago, Kim last was not week, here. Last week, Kim was out of town. She was in D.C. for work, and I had Illy all week long. And so it turns into this whole, like, we're going to count down situation. Like, hey, we've got five days until mom gets home we got four days we got three days because i have to let her know like what's what's happening and um kids anyway yeah so it was like there were two days left and you know illy always wakes up in the in the morning she sits up she looks around she goes mom and i'm just like uh dad's right here and she's like where's mom and i'm like but dad's right here and she's like where's mom right she just wants mom um 
So that morning she sits up and says, mom, I'm like, no, two days left. And she's like, I miss her. I want to call her. And so, um, I was like, okay. So I text Kim real quick. I need you to listen to me. I'm sorry. I have a friend from Germany I don't that's care. messaging me, and I'm sorry, German friend. He's in my watch party. It's too bad. Okay. How do you say hello in German? I don't know. Spit and yell. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> there we go. You you continue so, your story. So, anyways, can you start over? Yes, I can. Gosh darn, are you serious? No, you didn't I heard listen you. to what? I heard you, you better have heard. No, me. I heard you were talking Freaking about jerk. You yeah. were talking about the counting so, and the, so. All anyways, that stuff. you have to listen to this because I feel like it's really profound. Stop typing. Look me in the okay, eye. Okay, I'm looking at you. Damn it! I'm building. You need to bleep that out. False. Goodness. You need to bleep schnout. <laughs> schnout. We are really going off the rails. Okay, today. stop. So, <laughs> so Illy says she wants to call mom because she misses mom. And so I text Kim, and I was like, hey, can we call you? She's like, yes, because she was at a conference yeah. or hour ahead or whatever. And so I get her on, on FaceTime, so Illy actually gets to see mom and talk to her. And, you know, we've all FaceTimed our kids before. Yes. Well, Illy's, like, so happy to see mom, and she starts crying, like, I miss you. I want to see you. And she asked her, like, when are you coming home? And it, like, hit me in that moment. I'm having, I'm like, ooh, I have a pastor sermon illustration right now. But it really hit me. It's like, dude... Even for a child, like the voice of their parent or the voice. Of it, so in that moment, the voice of Kim wasn't enough. She wanted her presence. When are you coming home? Dang. And it just hit me. I'm like, dang. And so she's like, when, you know, when am I going to see you? And I think about that scripture. It says, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. And it's not like. Oh, I'm get. To, oh, hey, there's God. There he is over there. Right. It's like we're gonna get to see God, His presence. Right. So it's not enough to just hear His voice, but to desire His presence as well. Like be with Him. It's right? too bad that you're not a pastor. That I know. You I could have really I used like, that drop the hammer on that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the other thing I learned, uh, we hosted a conference here at the Source Wichita. Actually, uh, my my sister in law, Christine. Mm-hmm. Shout out to her, Christine. Her engaging heaven ministry uh, hosted a. Uh, a conference called Refresh. And so it was Friday night, all day Saturday, Sunday morning. And uh, it was really great. She had speakers come in. She had somebody from California, someone from South Carolina. We Dang. had people from Seattle travel. I mean, we had people from all over the nation, really. And then we had uh, people actually live stream in from Australia, Canada, South Africa, like Dang. crazy. And so we hosted this conference. And uh, anyways, the whole idea behind the conference was Refresh um, Spirit, Soul, Body. And just uh, the Saturday morning session, this lady named Camille came in, and she just dropped this statement that really kind of, it kind of hit me. I was like, "Dang, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna hold on to that one." And so she said, she's talking about soul work, um, but then she was talking about body, right? So when we get healing, it's not just spiritual, but it's also soul, it's mental, it's emotional. But then there's also body. We, you know, Jesus healed people, healed ailments, but he also said like your sins are forgiven. So right. he's, he's hitting spirit, reconnecting with God. He's hitting soul, like shame, guilt, all that stuff going away. But then he's, you know, getting rid of leprosy making blind eyes, see lame people walk. But she started talking about, um, like symptoms. And she says, you know, we're all, we're all scared of symptoms. We try and take medicine to get rid of symptoms. Oh, I have a headache. Let me take Tylenol. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I've got this. Let me go do this. And, and we want to take things to get rid of those symptoms. And we, we don't want to feel bad. We don't want to go through the pain. We don't, you know, we try and get rid of those things. And she, basically the statement she said was that, um, symptoms are the language of the body. And then she said, 
like emotions are the language of the soul. And that just kind of punched me in the face. Like symptoms are the language of the body. She's like, what do we do? Well, you know, my stomach hurts. I'm going to, you know, drink Alka-Seltzer or whatever. We try and like kill where we try and subdue some of that stuff instead of actually dealing with it. Right. Right. And actually taking care of the root problem. Why do I have a fever? Well, I'm trying to kill a fever with Tylenol because apparently, you know, it's like, I don't want to have a fever, but then that's your body's way of actually taking care of whatever infection is going on. So you're trying to like subdue the symptom that's actually there to help you take a closer step towards health. Right. It's it's your check engine light. Yeah. Right. We've got it all backwards. So anyways, Take that home with you and chew it on, chew on it. Symptoms are the language of your body. So, like, are you achy? Uh, do you have the sniffles? Are you sneezing? Does your stomach hurt? Is your gut twisted? Do you have a headache? Any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, like, listen to your body and know that there's a reason that it's doing that, right? And so the same thing with guilt and shame and depression, anxiety, all those kinds of things, that's like your soul's trying to say, hey, there's something going on. Yeah. You need to but check for it too out. long we've been told, you better pray that you away. Take, right. You got to take care of that. Oh, yeah. Don't. I guess we're getting into mental health. Yeah. Again. Well, you just got so heavy. So I feel like the things that I wanted to say, it was all good stuff, but I was just going to talk about dumb stuff. But you were just messaging your German friend, not yeah. even paying attention to me. I, I'm sorry that you're hurt by that. It was so hard to talk to a brick wall just now. <laughs> you're a pastor. You should be used to people not listening to <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> I have plenty of experience of the sort. They don't think they can. you can see them. Yeah. All right. Hard right. What were you going to talk about? Okay. Dumb stuff. Let's yeah. do it. So we are going to Houston in a couple... Yes, when are you are. leaving? Uh, Friday night. We're leaving Thursday night. So we are leaving Thursday night. We're going to Houston. We are going to a family reunion. Uh, Laris has never met Anthony, which is your brother, Jason. So she's going to meet him. She's also never met the rest of our family on uh my mom's side so kind of her aunts and you know all that kind of stuff so it'll be really really good my kids have never met them and so i know that they're they actually don't know about any of that so uh, it's a surprise hopefully they don't listen to this see how that felt just now dad gummit <laughs> yeah oh no i i don't care that you were tight i know you never listen to me so so anyways in yes in preparing for this i've been trying to get a lot of work done one of the things that i need to get done is i needed to get new tires and i am thoroughly convinced that buying tires is one of the worst adult purchases of yeah. your like of your life because it's so expensive and you need them but you they're just dumb it's a dumb purchase really so seven hundred dollars on mm-hmm. tires yeah you know how many things i'd like to spend seven hundred dollars on sure i can think of 700 other things that i would like to spend mm-hmm. uh on that money on instead of just tires do you care about your family i do Buy the tires and shut up. Though. I already, I already bought them. Because you know what could happen. So they've been bought. <laughs> they've I'm already just, been bought. They've been bought and they've been installed. Okay, good. So I. It's a lot of freaking money. Purchase hashtag them. adulting. Yeah, it's just it's yeah. just a dump. This did not go at all the way I hoped. I hoped you would. What bicker. did you want? I wanted you to complain with me about per- tire purchases. Yes, I actually like getting new tires on my car. Well. I like it too, but and I need to buy some tires. It's just expensive. Here soon. So, this so then is... on our next episode, I'll talk about how awesome my tire purchase experience was. <sighs> Anyways, so bought some tires, got to get an oil change. There's just all of this money that I'm spending to go see family, and I would have just rather have not spent the money, spent but I'm excited money, to go but see But still them. go see family. Yeah. And car maintenance is just a pain in the butt anytime you got to drop money on it. So, And that's not something like, oh, this broke once. It's No, you got to get tires all the time, forever. The rest of your life, you will buy shoes for your car. Car maintenance, am I right? Am I right? 
It's a good gig, bro. I hate you. Why? I don't hey, know. it's kind of like we're in a comedy club. <laughs> Sometimes they have like the fake walls in the back. And the, yeah. yeah. Well, Jeremiah didn't know this was a fake wall. Second thing. Yeah, <laughs> it looks real on Facebook. Like, wow. He Sec- did a good job with that wall. <laughs> we <laughs> tell we have some. Br- we have tell some, that to our president. Some brick people in our family. <laughs> what do they call them? Like brick masons? Masons? Masons. Uh-huh. Not the free ones, though. So... The Astros. You are a low-hanging fruit kind of do, guy. Are doing you great. Make, do you really? You're going to date our podcast. What? With, They're doing awesome. Astros. I'm so excited. So happy okay. about it. They're spanking the Yankees. and uh, Spankies. And spanking the Yankees. So that's good. It's always a good time. And I'm excited for good Mexican food. That's it. It was just like They're five. They're not yanking four. the Spankies, though. So we have Jeremiah here today. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> I'm excited to talk to you. Do we have any salt? We didn't even talk done? about that. Yet. We have no salt. No salt. There's none. No are one you, likes you, us or hates nobody us. Nobody loves us. Actually, we... No, wait. Nope, that's it. No salt. No. Nobody. No reviews, no nothing. You know what I should do is I, I should be like, it's time for our past to... Like, we no. interrupt this you know, broadcast. Right, we interrupt this broadcast. There's no salt this week. Hey, Jeremiah. Yes. To bring you on, let, let's have you give, uh, give your best... Um, we bring you this interruption to bring you an important news information or something. Like, since you were like in radio. From uh from like the twenties? I don't know, just whatever. Like we bring you this interruption to bring <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I like that. That's it. That's good. <laughs> that's funny. We interrupt it we interrupt this podcast to actually get to the Salty Dogs podcast and talk to Jeremiah Wood. Oh man, I feel like I'm being exploited. You How so? I we're just know. using his well, voice. Yeah. He's got he's a the good first one. person that's come on that's like he's beat Derek. He's got Uh-oh, the, he's Derek. Got the no, I don't voice. think so. I don't, I've listened to Derek. I'm like fast Derek, forward to use guys. You know? Derek's got it's that good. juicy couture voice, though. Juicy. Uh, it just <laughs> it's like my lash is spilling out of you, man. It's like it's like if those. Oh, I'm not even going to go there. We need to stop. <laughs> Jer- so Jeremiah. Yes. Here, oh look, Tim was on. And so speaking of Tim, ah, uh, the yep, sob tires. That's right. So um, I have to tell you this. Let me just tell you the story to introduce Jeremiah Wood. Okay? Do it. Can I do that? Can we take it back a little bit? Yes. All right, people. Yep, bear with me. So we started a church on the north side of Wichita. It's primarily Hispanic neighborhood, poor Hispanic neighborhood. And um, anyways. Did uh, you serve horchata in the mornings? At one point we did serve horchata. And we actually had a tamale Sunday. That is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So good. You're laughing. No. And we actually held an outreach event. We called it Barrio Bash. Right, so like a bash, a party, like a throwdown, barrio bash, mm-hmm. and we actually had somebody whose uncle was a pig farmer, killed a pig, roasted it, and we yes. had carnitas. Did it have a, an and apple then, in its mouth? It, no, it that's not have. how Mexicans do that's it. It's a wine. It had a mango. Oh, is it? A mango. <laughs> had a mango. Oh my god. Had a that's had a dollar store toy in it. I'm so jealous that I was so, not there. So then we also for bought, this bashing we of the probably barrio. bought like fifty dozen of homemade tortillas. Anyways, so we digress, obviously. So second Sunday that we launch, um, you know, I'm there and people are coming in. And these are obviously people I've never met before. Strange. I don't know if you've ever experienced strangers coming to your church. Mm. That was a bad stab. Barely. <laughs> Oh my gosh. How about you, Christopher? Sorry, I no. tuned out for a second. <laughs> no. Were you texting your German friend? No, he's he's asleep now. Oh, okay. Or waking up, I don't know. So I see this young white couple at the church, and mm-hmm. I'm like, 
I have to go talk to those people. I'm like, we have young white kid, young white people coming to our church. Like we want to be the young church, right? Like we want the young couples. We want to be mixed race or. Black. Oh, I thought you were gonna say we really need to pay our rent this month. I need to go get them. <laughs> our our get landlords. Our landlords. Um, so, anyways, uh, I basically like chase these this young couple out of the doors, and I meet Tim and Chrissy Wood for the first time. Yes. And uh, within the coming weeks, I actually invited myself over to people's house for dinner <laughs> as the pastor. Typical. I basically I basically said I want to get to know you, let's have let's have lunch or something. And so Tim called me over for steak and we had uh steak in his dorm at Friends University in Wichita, nice. Kansas. Did and he cook so, on a hot plate? Uh, I can't remember, maybe in a skillet or something like that. Yeah. Real what? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And so um anyways, met uh, Tim got to hang out with him. Went and spent Christmas with his family yeah. one year, and that's when I met Jeremiah Wood. Yeah, and we we were at your aunt's house, and we were standing by the bar where the food was. Did you guys and we shoot were talking guns, about being pastors and stuff. We did shoot guns, yeah, and I yeah. posted a gun photo from that day, and actually got crap on Facebook from it. I can't believe you're a pastor and you're promoting gun violence. And you're like, I live in Kansas. You're like, <laughs> you're like, well, you should well, see first... what we have planned for the next Barrio Bash. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's terrible. So, anyways. Wood family near and dear to me. Jeremiah ends up moving to Wichita, Kansas, to help right. to to start a church, planting pastor. Yeah. So welcome. Thank, Thank you. you for being on. Thank welcome. you. Is that the, the longest podcast. podcast intro you've ever been on in your entire life? Yes. Okay. Good. This has been the only podcast that I've ever been on in my entire so life. So then we so are it makes setting it. a low bar, brother. Jason is the ninth wood child. <laughs> oh my so this is the thing that you have to understand about my family. My family is is large, right? We have there. I have seven siblings i have five brothers and two sisters and anytime we have somebody come over for the first time we always kind of throw out a warning right and we're like hey i need to apologize ahead of time for my family because <laughs> it's going to be real crowded because now it's not just eight kids it's eight kids plus all their kids and so it's loud uh it's chaotic yeah. um tim apologized for you beforehand right Look, there's right. this one guy no i'm going to tell you which brother he apologized for. <laughs> i can tell you can i say it no, not. don't. Okay, uh, I won't say it. All right. A, <laughs> it's, yeah. So okay. It's, it gets real awkward yeah, at times. Right. Sure. But, uh, it's it's one of those things. It's good stuff. <laughs> I want to know. Well, I could say the one with three letters in his name, but there's multiple. So. Right. Okay. Right. That's what we'll Bob do. Bob Joe Tim. Bob Joe Tim. There's Bob three. Tim, yeah, yeah. Bob Joe Tim. Sweet deal. So Chris, you know Jeremiah how? Uh, Jeremiah. So I met him. He came to. So I've mentioned a couple times. Uh, there was this church planning kind of group that we had. So New Thing Network is a national network. Uh, they they kind of spring them up in, in cities, and it's for church planners. They provide support, um, you know, community, but they also are committed to reproducing and planting churches. And so um, a buddy of mine was getting one of those going here, and he invited Jeremiah, and yeah. Jeremiah showed up, and that's when I met him. Um, so... That's how I met also Stephen Christians and, and Travis that we had on and um, all yeah. those guys. So I met all of those guys through the New Thing Network. Awesome. Awesome. We sauce. just yeah. ate. We all got together a couple days ago. Yeah. And you weren't there. I know. I wasn't Olive there Garden. either. Why don't you guys ever come to Olive Garden? You work at Olive Garden? You know, you'll get you'll get that part of the story here. Oh, I'm so excited. Chilling at the OG. <sighs> the OG <sighs> at the OG. That's right. That's right. That's right. It's all part of the story. Brad yeah. Sticks. So we, we specifically invited you on. Uh, oh, actually, let me take it back some. Um, when we, we had that, uh, when we had Keith Giles on, and we we talked about that Jesus Unbound, yes. uh, yeah, book. Yeah. So Jeremiah actually reached out to me and said he had some questions, and so wanted to have breakfast. I thought he was going to ream me. 
Yeah. And uh, did he you? Didn't. You should have. No, he just he. How dare yeah. you? You go, no, Mark. You sit, on you. <laughs> you sit down and you set a cat of nan tails on the table. Right. Cat, and you yeah. say, <laughs> now I may need to use this and I may not. Did That's you say enti- cat of man tails? I may be, but I meant I know what I meant to say. I meant to say <laughs> a cat of nine tails. <laughs> Those Romans, bro, yeah. <laughs> whipping people with a cat of man tails. <laughs> Uh, anyways can, can i just recap something real quick Absolutely. so far we've talked about laying pipe <laughs> this is ridiculous oh my jason's God. cuss yank and spankies we could start this over and now yeah jason cussed and now we're talking damn. about well yeah keep going yeah mantails mantails <laughs> cat of mantails no that was you uh, so anyways i really appreciate that com- conversation with jeremiah and uh what? No longer a Christian podcast. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah just blocking it. That's off. right, salty dogs. All right, so Jeremiah, you're here because we're in our church planter discussion series, and we've already talked to uh, Travis, Travis with District Church, and we mm-hmm. talked to Stephen Christian, who who was a part of Frontline, Frontline church. church, and then now we have Jeremiah. And so, what I think right. is interesting about your story, um, just kind of worry. To kind of fast forward, uh, I think you were at a point where you really kind of had to uh, reevaluate what you were doing, um, but you're still in it and you're still going. Yeah. And I think that there was power in a statement that you made to me over breakfast one morning, and hopefully you'll get to that. We'll get to that statement. But tell us a little bit about your church planter journey and mm. insert your expertise into this discussion. Well, it, it kind of expertise is a very fluid word. It's a very generous <laughs> word, <laughs> yeah, it is. Jason. How about just experience in general? There you go. Um, so if I, if I were going to start, I'd probably start from when you know I really felt called because it all kind of happened um, the same way. And so I really felt like I was called to be a pastor when I was in the eighth grade. And um, it was a really funny story because uh, I was homeschooled my whole life. And then we moved to Kansas the summer before my eighth grade year. And then I get thrown into public school for the first time ever. And man, for the first time in my life, I'm being ridiculed, criticized, and bullied. And and I never experienced that before. And (laughs) so I'm walking home from school one day. I'm like, I'm going to take care of this situation. And as I was walking home, I found... (laughs) I found an old egg crate mattress that goes like on top of the... Yeah. and, And I dragged it back to my garage i rolled it up i wrapped it up in duct tape and hung it in the corner of the garage you started punching it man i i started lifting weights and i was punching this bag and <laughs> you know eighth grade punches and man i was ready to go back and fight and really yeah. you trained <laughs> yeah for like 14 minutes <laughs> to and fight an eighth grader <laughs> i was an eighth grader too so it was like peer fighting That's so awesome. anyway long story short um in that moment i'm punching the bag and doing curls and trying to get stronger in 14 minutes and nice and the, the lord, american way the lord just spoke to me he said jeremiah what are you doing i said i'm about to go fight and he goes but what are you doing i was like i'm tired of being picked on and he's like let me tell you what i want you to do and in that moment 14 years old eighth grade year the lord said i'm going to call you into ministry and in that in wow. that very moment just like that huh yeah and i said no i want to be a country music singer George Strait was playing on the radio as I was working out because I worked out at George Strait. <laughs> Good old George will get you a pump, man. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I mean, well, who needs the, Rocky? So you are. Were you born in Kansas? No. Oh yeah, I was in Poria. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're just like helping all the stereotypes. Yeah, you're, you're like, welcome. 
Yeah, You're welcome. that's right. Talk about low-hanging fruit. Right. Christian pastor. This is the third born podcast. Born in Kansas. Hey, this is the third podcast in a row that Rocky's been mentioned. Work, there you go. It's working, a church planner thing. Working out to George Strait. Going to beat myself a boy. Right, right. This so is hilarious. My my entire life uh, from that moment on was was geared towards ministry. So I went to a Christian school, uh, got a ministry degree, um, and got out of school, uh, became a youth pastor, and... Um, the uh, the church that I youth pastored at I was a youth pastor and a worship leader for about ten Good or combo. more years. Good combo. Yeah. Nazarene yeah. Church. No, Assemblies of God. Oh, yeah, that <clears throat> threw a wrench in things. Interesting. And um, we uh, met my wife. We got married, and and this is kind of where the the church planting journey started, um, because uh, around year eight, year nine. I, I really started wrestling with God because I started getting uneasy. I'm like, God, I, want, I feel like you want me to go and do things, um, but I'm here and you're not calling me anywhere. And I kind of got to a place where I was just, uh, I had to learn to be content with where I was at. Right. Yeah. And I told the Lord, okay, if you want me in this position for the rest of my life, you know, doing this every week, then I'm, I'm glad to do it. And, and I just laid it down. I just <laughs> surrendered it. You're like, yeah, I'll do it. And then, um, then the thing happened, right? And one, uh, uh, it was in December. I can remember. I took my daughter to a doctor's appointment. We got back early. We were home before anybody else was home, and um, it was one of those days where it was windy outside. It was gray. I laid her down to take a nap, and I just put my hoodie on and I grabbed a cup of coffee and I went and sat out on the front porch. And as soon as I sat down, it was almost like I could see the wind, right? Like it was just nuts. It was so so vivid. And I sat down and I took a drink of coffee and it was almost like I could, I could see the wind coming at me and I closed my eyes and it hit me and I was just kind of immediately taken. Okay. Let me just preface this. I'm going to be your weird guy, right? Like my experiences. You're not even going to phase me at all. Well, good. So I immediately I get taken up into a vision. Okay. And, and I don't, it, the vision just kind of looks like wind, right? It's kind of what I was seeing yeah. before, but now with my eyes closed, it was like colors and all sorts of different things, kind of like the Lion King maybe. I don't know. CBD in your coffee? That no, not that day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was before CBD was cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> lost that trend. You're in the vision, man. I'm in the I'm vision. I'm so sorry. And, when, and the Lord says, hey, Jeremiah, I'm about to call you into your new, into the new season of ministry in your life. I'm about to call your life into a new season of ministry. And I said, what does that even mean? And he said, I'm going to call you to be a planter of churches, mm-hmm. a leader of leaders, and a demolisher of walls. Okay. And I had no clue what that meant. Because at that time, I mean, church planting was foreign to me. Right. Uh, leadership. What year was this, if you don't mind me asking? 2013. Okay. And um, mm-hmm. leadership was foreign to me. Uh, um, you know, church planting was foreign to me. It was kind of kind of where we were at. Um, it was kind of seen as a negative. Like it was mm-hmm. something only rebellious people did. And... Um, and and I had no, I still have no clue. Like what, you hate the church, you know, start, go start right, your own. Right, right, yeah. Anti-authority, you know, whatever. Disestablishmentarianism. Mm. It's a big word. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah, within within, I mean, I took about six months to pray through that that whole vision, and uh, we ended up across the street, literally across the street, and uh, we were associate pastors over there. Um, that church, which was actually the church I grew up in as a kid. 
um, got a new pastor, and I came on to be his associate pastor. And the first thing he said to me is like, hey, we're going to plant churches. Wow. And so to fast forward that story, um, we were there for 19 months, and we started four new churches from that place. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And it went from a church from about 40 people. And I think at at its height... um, we ended up having about 600 in total. Holy moly. From Goodness. all the various. Uh, and this was in Chanute? Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that is and It crazy. was crazy. Where did so, you guys plant from Chanute? A- anywhere. We planted on the um, on the JUCO campus. We started uh-huh. a church on campus. Right. Um, for college kids, we started a church on um, the north side of town, which in Chanute. It was all in town. Yeah, yeah. Oh, snap. There was, there was uh, we started a, a Hispanic church um, out of our church. And then uh, there was another couple. We left, and then they went and planted in a and town about fifteen, uh, eight to ten thousand. Like oh, that big? Small. Yeah. Well, yeah. Do you think it was smaller? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels smaller. It feels I mean, eight thousand is one service at elevation, so you know, it's not. There you go. It's well, not that comparatively speaking, right? <laughs> Awkward. That was awesome. I really wanted to see how long we could go be quiet. I don't think it was awkward. I think I, it was awesome. I was hoping somebody would go look at the radio. Do you ever have that when there's like silence there's on a podcast? There's something wrong. They're and like, then you look and you like go and you're yeah. like, what? Did it, did it yeah. stop? Did it go? Okay. So, yeah. Yep, pick so, it up. Um, after we did all that, uh, we got called to go to Junction City. And we went to Junction City for two years. And then that two years there, we planted uh, eight more churches. Um, wow. All of our listeners are going to have to Google these little towns in Kansas. Right. So, right. so okay, so, that's two th- so fast forward 2015, is that? 2015, we went to Junction City. Okay, and then you planted eight more there. Eight more there, yeah. That's and nuts, then, um And then in 2017, uh, and it was actually probably a year before, uh, we were doing a, a conference um, there at our church, kind of like what you just described, and uh, we're with the Church of the Nazarene. And we had a whole bunch of de- denominational leaders that came to this conference. And we were out to dinner one night, and one of the guys stand up, and he slaps the table. He's like, gentlemen. He's a real strong, gruff, Popeye-looking guy. Mm. He's like, gentlemen. He's like, I feel like the Lord wants to start a high-impact church in Wichita, Kansas. Let's pray that God will have his way and send his man to do the job. And, and we're all like, here, here. And <laughs> I was going to ask if he started all of his sentences with, I say, I say, I say, I say, boy, that's right. <laughs> I have another story about that, but that's for a later time. And so in that moment at that barbecue place, he said that God would send his man and have his way. Yeah. And, and I just heard the Lord whisper to me, right. Said, you were that man. I'm like, no, <clears throat> not me. I hate we just Wichita. got here. Yeah. We just got here. And my wife isn't somebody who likes to move a lot. I don't like to move a lot. I don't think anybody likes to. I don't. I got some friends that move every 12 months. Oh. Yeah. It's nuts. Well, Jason doesn't have friends, so he doesn't know. I don't know about that life. And so. So you're the guy. And so I go home and I said, I told, told, uh, tell that to my wife. And she's like, yeah, I think that sounds right. 2017, we moved to Wichita and um, we started PAX City Church. That's P-A-X City Church. Can right. I can it's I like, ask a question? It so that I had to figure out this distinction as well. So Pax on its own is a noun and then city church is essentially the adjective that describes Pax. Yeah. Right? Maybe. Pax City Church. Yeah. Not Pax City Church. As in like Wichita City Church. Sure. I never even thought about it in that way. <laughs> 
Oh, I did. That's good. I didn't. That's good. Not at all. Yeah, I questioned the name the first time you told me. I felt like like a jerk, too. That's weird. So Pax means peace. It it is, yeah. It's Latin for peace. Yep. That was a whole other visionary thing. So So I have a question, Um, and this actually goes back to the, I mean, you guys, so what, it's eight and then five, so you guys planted, was that, 13 churches? 12, 13, yeah. Yeah. So you guys planted 13 churches, uh, and I feel like oftentimes when someone says, oh, a church was planted, I think it's easy to just automatically throw a number on that, like, oh man, maybe that's, you know, eight churches of 200 to 500 people each, like, you know that, but were there, were there any expectations that were placed in, on the, from the standpoint of, hey, if you are going to be a church, like you really, maybe numerical expectations, like we're really hoping to see this, 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 that type of thing? No, not, not so much those expectations. So when we were at these other churches, um, our, I'm part. Uh, I'm part of a denomination called the Church of the Nazarene, and uh, we're just a Wesleyan holiness, uh, a lot like the Wesleyan Church, uh, certain Methodist churches, things like that. Um, I'll have to Google that later. John Wesley, you ever I heard know. of him? I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Yep. Anyway, good guy. <laughs> <laughs> you go way back. Right. 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 I feel like we just bonded. <laughs> um, yeah. And so uh, the within within our churches we have districts. And uh, it's kind of like schools, you know, have school districts and then right. superintendents and things like that. And and the district that we were a part of uh, in Chanu, which was called the Joplin District, and um, they they had a vision to see so many churches planted. And we just said, okay, Lord, if you want to use us for that, use us. And so we we just we just believed that God wanted pl- churches planted. So we just started planting churches. Any opportunity that arose, we we did it. Um, when we got to Junction City, the, uh, the Kansas district, which is who we're with now, um, they had a similar vision to plant churches. Um, no, no real expectation on what that should look like. They just wanted churches planted. And so we just, we just did a shotgun approach and we had this philosophy that we learned from a guy. Uh, he was a, he was a leader over in, in the Horn of Africa. And he said, when we plant churches, we just take seed and we just throw everything out. And whatever starts to grow, that's what we hmm. circle around. Ah. And so that's kind of what our philosophy was. <clears throat> yeah. And when we went to Junction City, I was, I was hired there as the guy to go and plant churches in these towns, right? Hmm. And so um, we go and, and we start all these churches. And, and just to be completely frank and honest, I mean, more than half of them had closed down. And, and they didn't sustain after we left. Um, because a lot of times, you know, in, unless you have somebody there who's really, really feeding into this thing, yeah, um, there's not a lot of sustenance that will, or not, not sustenance, yeah, sustenance. There's not a lot of sustainability that will take place. Hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. So would you say? And so I, I guess my question is: so I'm thinking that, like, for a lot of, a lot of just church planning organizations and things that I've heard at, they've, they've. I guess my questions come around the idea of what were, was it okay if there was a church of 40 people that was just, they were doing their thing or was it like, Hey, you guys really need to be pushing to 150 or 100 or 200 or, you know, something like that. Was no, there this no there was no, no pressure like that at okay. all. That's um, good. So there was one church that we started uh, and they have been 20 people for the last two years. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fine. And there's another church that we started and uh, we're able to buy a one and a half million dollar building. Holy and, moly. They have, that's a really cool story in of itself too, because we only paid 70000 for it. Dang. And yeah. And it was brand new. Um, Liquidated. What? 
Yeah, nuts. Wow. And um, and we paid cash too. It, uh, let me just tell you the story. We felt like we were supposed to plant this church. We we're in Junction. Chapman is a town, twenty five hundred people. Mm-hmm. Um, in two thousand eight, the Lutheran church got destroyed by a tornado, and so then in two thousand ten, they built a brand new Lutheran church, and then in two thousand and fifteen, that Lutheran church shut down, and the building went up for sale. And Dang. we went to our church and said, "Hey, can we raise some money for, you know, for this?" to buy this building to plant a church in Chapman. And one Sunday we raised $72,500, something like that. Gosh. And, um, and we went and paid cash for this building and uh, started a church in there, and it's been running 100 to 150 ever since. Wow. That's nice. So you built it and they came, or you bought it and they came. Yeah, if, if you, you buy, buy it, it, they will come. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Okay, so I, I want to get, get into the meat of your planting story in Wichita. Okay. Pack City Church. Yes. Tell us uh, when you got here, what you did, and then eventually lead up to where you're at now. And maybe even model that you started in. Sure. Right, right. Yeah. So all this backstory is really important to how we've been experiencing the last two years. Because uh, I, I think that all the, not just the success that we might have had in those other places, doing those 12 churches, um, but also the notoriety that came with it. Um because I was just the associate, and so our senior pastor was the guy that I worked under. Really got a lot of that, um, you know, notoriety, and he he was he was a lot of he was the mover and shaker. He was the there was a book that I read. He was the force multiplier, right? Like yeah. he could take an idea and make it happen, and and so there was a lot of notoriety behind that. And I think in me, what that ended up doing was it built a false sense of confidence. Like, hey, we just did these last 12 churches. Yeah, a couple of them didn't work, but, you know. You felt like, yeah, surely I'm going to. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm going to show up right. to Wichita. I'm going to say we're planting a church, and and we're going to have, you know, a house full. Sure. And we really did have the thought, if we just yeah. build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. Um, so so our, our organization doesn't have, I mean, we have coaching, per se, um, but we're not real organized in that sense. Like they're they're there for support and encouragement, but not a lot of strategy and modeling, right? And so we we got a whole bunch of books and started reading a whole bunch of material, but all the material was kind of this launch large launch model. Yeah, and I'm okay. sure you guys are all yeah. real familiar with that. And so right. uh, we we felt like okay, this is this is what the books say. Yeah. so let's do it. Let me let me just interject real quick. I think maybe we've talked a little bit about this before, but if there's somebody listening to this and they're just like, wait, I don't understand that. So the launch large model is this idea that um, you do as much work as you can up front to get as many people as you can through to your service on the very first day. Right. Uh, all along, you're building a launch team. So typically, you're shooting for a launch team of like 50 to 75, and then you want to have at least 250 people through the doors on your first Sunday. And mm-hmm. then within the first year, you want to be maintaining at least 200 people in membership. Yes. Yes. On Sunday mornings. Yeah. And right. you build you build maximum momentum during Max, that. Right. And so it's like, yeah. oh, there's a gathering. There's people here. It's exciting. And you yeah. know, and then it continues to. Right. It, it's almost like, you know, this, this ball is rolling downhill. Nothing's going to stop it now. Right. And so we, we attempted that, right? Yeah. Like we tried that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, there's three things that are required in order to make a la- large launch happen, right? Okay. Uh, having a, a strongly supportive mother church, mm-hmm. um, having good financial backing. And mm-hmm. by good financial backing, I mean 
hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. And then having, um, oh, correct, I can't even think of the third one now. Uh, so you have the mother church, you have the financial backing, uh, and then, oh, uh, and having indigenous leaders, leaders okay. from the area. So right. we were technically considered a parachute, parachute plant. Parachute, yeah. Right. Right. And so w- we didn't have the indigenous leadership. Mm-hmm. Like nobody knew us and we knew nobody. But we just figured, hey, if we just tell them we're starting a church, everyone's gonna be like, "Ooh, we love churches. Let's go." Mm. And <laughs> and we had no, and we had no money, right? Mm-hmm. We had about ten thousand dollars to start a church. Oh, and, really? Yeah, yeah. And we had um, no mother church that was local to back yeah, and support yeah, us yeah. because that's kind of how you get the large launch is you take about fifty percent of <clears throat> members from the mother church. Yeah, you give take you, some people with you. Give you about a right. year's support mm-hmm. and and so there wasn't any of that and so we we went gung-ho anyway we uh, rented out the imax movie theater the west warren right and we set up shop there did sunday morning how long did you meet as a launch team before you pulled the trigger hmm less than a year so, so you showed up months. when and then you guys we showed up in first august when? we showed up in august of 17 right to go easter Almost. So we were planning on that and didn't feel good about it. Um, we went to uh, Ecclesia in October. So this was kind of the crazy thing, too, is we showed up in August. And then in September, we started kind of our, our house gathering. Yeah. And we immediately, like, boom, went to about 35 to 50. Really? Yeah. I mean, just any given Sunday, it was kind of fluctuated that way. And we're like, all right, you know, God's in this. Let's go. Yeah. And... And so then we moved over to the coffee shop. We went to Ecclesia, and we met on Sunday nights at Ecclesia. And that's the same coffee shop that Stephen Christians mentioned in our right, last episode our last that correct. they right. also met at. And Rochelle, who's the owner of Ecclesia, uh, she's just phenomenal. She's a church planner herself, and she supports church planners, and that's what her whole coffee shop is about. That's and awesome. So that's great. She was excited to have us there. And then um, after that, we went, uh, we went to the theater. And so we started doing preview services, which is... That's kind of the buildup to the large launch Sunday. Uh, we started in May. So we had one in May, in June, two in July, two in August. And then oh, we wow. launched in five. September. Yeah. Or six. And, and Six preview services? Five. Five. Yeah. And each preview service got smaller and smaller. Right. And and we're like, ah, something's not working. Yeah. And, and we had a good setup. I mean, it was kind of bare bones, but it was still good. Right. And... And um, we had people come, but we just didn't have the team mm-hmm. to to really make it work like it needed to. Yeah. Like we had no children's ministry. We had right. no yeah. uh, any other ministry. We had music and preaching. Yeah. And and, and in kids. Mm-hmm. And then it was expensive. It was about... Oh, gosh. I can't imagine. Yeah. I mean, I, we were probably spending more than $2,500 a month. Uh, just trying to keep the dang being in the theater. I think we paid eight hundred a month for our space. Right, right, and I think we were probably just right under two grand dang. for the elementary school. Yeah, holy crap, that's great. And that was, the and cheapest, I feel like that's on the low end. That was the cheapest we could find on the west side. Yeah, because that's the west side. Yeah, and so we and there's just not a lot of venues over on this side of town. Mm-hmm. And so, long story short, we did that for from September, October, November, and then in November we decided, you know, we need to we we could see so the was projection. last November, so a year ago. A year ago. We could see the projection of our ship sinking right. financially alone. Uh-huh. And so um and that night was terrible too. I remember so calling it. Let mm. me at 
I want to get back to that. Yeah. Was there pressure to start in the theater, hoping that if you build it, they will come? And and when we say pressure, that could mean multiple things. That could mean in internal pressure, right. external pressure. Yeah. You know, like yeah, like you or yeah, just. I mean, did you have the thought like, man, let's just get this thing going, and then maybe they'll come, and then we'll be good. So what's interesting is there were there were two factors that I felt like added a lot of pressure to me. Right, um, one was. I cut my teeth in in the shadow of a really great leader. Yeah. Right. I cut my teeth and I learned everything about starting churches and planting churches and even how to be uh, evangelistic and all this. I like, I did everything in the shadow of, of a tremendously talented leader. And when you do that, you know, you, you, you start getting known by that and you know, like Paul and Silas and, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, James and John and, you know, all those kinds of things. And so I think everyone just kind of assumed, uh, since the guy that I was under uh, was such a great leader, that Jeremiah is going to be the exact same way because we, we, we did everything together. And, um, and so there was that pressure. And then on top of things, and, and maybe that was more me. Right. Like that was more the internal pressure yeah. that, I, that I was kind of feeling that was coming at me. But the, the other kind of pressure was this, too, is that I have a great group of super supportive people, right? Super supportive people. And these people are, are so supportive um, that sometimes it makes me feel like I'm letting, it, I'm letting them down. Yeah. Right? Right. Like, they're like, man, we just believe in you. We just know you're God's man. You know, you're, you're a great leader. Man, you are so talented. You're so dynamic. You're such a great preacher. You're... You, you have know? a great radio voice. Right. Incredibly great, handsome. Great you radio know? face. <laughs> right. You have a great face for radio. And, um, <laughs> and, and, and so then there's that pressure. Like, I don't want to let anybody down. Right. right? Well, but then you, when you have that, what's interesting is, is that you can then, it's easy to look back at yourself and go, well, everyone's saying this. Like, is this not true? Am I doing something wrong? Right. Like, I, like I want to believe this, but... Yeah. It, you know, this thing isn't growing. So, so what is it? Is it me? You know, and I know that it's real easy mentally for, uh, to let our minds go there. Well, and, and the third pressure that, that I never even anticipated was the amount of pressure that, that a leader has for his people. Right. Right. So we had, we had multiple families move into Wichita to help us plant a church. Our co-pastor, um, Galen and his family, uh, they moved in from Chicago to help us plant. Oh, Dang. wow. Right. And then um, our, our, uh, we have another family that moved in from Texas to help us plant. And then we have another family who moved to Wichita not to help us plant, but they found us after they moved to Wichita. And so, you know, we got these four or five families that they've never been in a church plant before. They've never experienced the highs and lows of of trying to get a church plant up and going. Um, and so now there's, there's this pressure, I feel, to, to need to take care of everybody. Like, and, and I told everybody. And I, I don't know if they believed me, and I don't know if I believed me. I told them, like, this is going to be the hardest experience of your life. Like, like things are going to go so hard. I said, I don't even know what that's going to look like, but it's just going to be hard. And it was. This last two years have been not for us and that's a different story um but it's been hard 
And it's right. been, but it's been especially hard for all my people mm-hmm. yeah. for various reasons, financial reasons, family crises, um, you know, uh, things of that, that like, like medical don't, reasons. Don't you think like expectations that. in some way, shape or form, like we, we poured our life into this or we're, you know, given we ourselves uprooted our, our family. Yeah. Like, yeah. and right. then, yeah. What do you think about that? Has that been an issue? No. Uh, well, good. Everyone is, is super. And again, it's probably just me like putting pressure on myself because everybody's super in. Like they're all in. There's, they're yeah. not. They're not anybody that's like. Right. Oh, this isn't really working out like I yeah. thought it was. I'm out of here. So go back to that moment. You said it was a really difficult choice to say, to, to pull call out it. of the right. So you're in the theater. It's they've had the preview services. They've had the preview services. We launched. You're starting to yeah. You're starting to run out of money essentially. Right. And so and we're running out of morale really quickly. Okay. Because here's what happened is it was a ton of work to set up and a ton of work to set down all for one hour of service. Right. Right? Yes. And um, everyone was showing up at 7 o'clock at the theater to get things set up. And again, we're only five families that are like really committed. And we show up, we get everything set up, and we're kind of just like, we have like some dead time before service, and we don't know what to do with ourselves, and we try to be spiritual and prayer yeah. walk the theater and stuff like right. that. And yeah. And... <clears throat> You know, it was just like kind of killing our morale because before we were meeting in our home twice a week and now we're not meeting in our home at all. Mm. And as we're, as we're moving to launch something, we're actually losing something because as much as all of our effort and energy is to start an organization and now we're losing our church. Mm. Everyone's tired. Woo! Everyone's, Gosh, um, I felt you, that. you can, you can tell that. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, no, I mean like I, it was good, but I, I felt that because I've literally, we right. felt that, that that's our story too. Right. Right. And, huh. and, and wow. every effort to start something that was going to be big and awesome and cool and something that everybody could be proud of turned into something that was actually sucking the life out of all of our members and, and turned into something that was actually causing us to drift apart rather than be together probably regular. even resent each other a little bit you know on, on on some maybe some minimal levels or, or something like that i don't want to put words in but i th- i think it's it's interesting that you bring that up man because you know you're right there's this huge sense of of family and there's this great thing in the early phases of a church it's this camaraderie we're gonna do this we're gonna do this and 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 we're hanging out we're spending time together and then now i'm speaking from our experiences and what we experienced as living water church and then you you get to it and you pull the trigger and it didn't pan out the way that we thought it would and each week you know morale is getting a little bit lower and a little bit lower and a little bit lower all because the main thing that everyone's hoping to see each week let's just be honest bunch of people is more people Right, more people right. because it's like there, there there's got to be some sort of payoff, and all the while the non reusable resource Dude, is getting spent. What people. if? What it? What if? Because a lot of times launch teams get really close, and actually in the books, the church planning books, they tell you like those you launch with won't be with you a year right, from now. Exactly, yeah. but. What if you like showed up, you're like, we're starting a church and we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And then you start the launch team and then... And then you go, this is it. And then you go, this is it. This is what we're doing. Well, do you we're just not gonna out- do. We're not going to do the other thing. You know what? We're not going to start an organization and lose our church. We're just going to do this. 
dude. I mean, but that you're right. Like that's a statistic in the in the they say that in everything. They say it. The people that you start with are not the people written. that you end with. And what happens is is that unfortunately those people are a part of your church's history of church hurt. Like you, we play a role in that because well, sometimes. Not all the, you know, not right. all the time, but but most times those people that aren't with us, and you know, sometimes they go back, you know, they they did go out with you, and it's like, oh, you know, we're gonna go support you for six months a year, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna volunteer, right. we're gonna, and so not everything ends poorly, but I feel like more often than not, the people that end up leaving, at least in in the situations that I've experienced and been in, it's been because of a uh, this isn't what I thought it would be, you lied to me, you hurt me, I felt spiritually X Y Z, you know, mm-hmm. kind of fill in the blank, yeah. Um, well, and that's kind of the, um, that's been the conversations that we've had in in a sense, because everyone will say to because everyone looks to me to, to help them understand how does a church plant work? Like we've never been part of a church plant before. We don't know how to start a plant. You've started church plants before. So what do we do? What do we do? And so I was trying to follow, you know, the, by the book and, and it wasn't working out and I'm like, so I'm feeling like I'm failing all my friends. I'm feeling like I'm failing my family. I'm feeling like I'm failing my support. And, and, but so there was, there was, a, and I don't know if this is the comment that, that you said, uh, that I made when we went to breakfast or not. Um, but the reason we kept going is because I never felt like we were supposed to stop. Like my wife yeah. even asked me, she said, she said, you know, maybe this is just the Lord saying that it's not going to work out. And maybe we should just go take a church somewhere else and, mm-hmm. you know, just pastor an established church, which crossed my mind. And it's something that, you know, I get offers for regularly, you know, and, and generous offers, you know, $90,000 a year to come pastor a church. I'm just like, well, I mean. Do you want to send I, them to, um, you know, <laughs> false. Right. Wouldn't even do it. I'm just right. Kidding. The Lord would have to. Right. So, no, so I, I, I get it. I get the Lord it. would it have to joke. show up in my coffee. <laughs> Hey, there's the Mother Mary in your creamer. Have to air bend around you, right. hit you with that one yeah. of those visions. So there was um, uh, a buddy of mine. He is a pastor out at Dodge City, and uh, this was the first time in my life that I've been in a church, and I didn't have a pastor to pastor me. And so I asked mm-hmm. him. I said, Justin, will you will you be my pastor? And he's like, Yeah, yeah, I'll do that for you. And so we're talking, and he asks me the question. He's like, Jeremiah, do you really want to pastor churches forever? He said, Do you really want to pastor churches the rest of your life? And I said, No. No. I said, I, I really want to pastor this church for the rest of my life. Hmm. Like, I want to, I want to pastor here. Like you knew that. Yeah. yeah. Like, I want, I, want to, I want to see what God will do if we start something new and, and give it 40 years and see what God oh does. Oh, Right? I mean, I'll be 80, <laughs> wow. almost gosh. 80. Yeah. And uh, I might retire That's at that ridiculous. time. That's ridiculous, yeah. I might raise up a new leader. I don't know. Um but 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 got to get your Timothy, bro. There There's so much power like in that brother. last statement that you just made. I feel like Travis. Okay, do you remember when Travis was on? Just you know, a couple episodes. He said, "What if instead of saying, you know, let's see what God does in in year one, but looking more along in year six, year eight, and then we have you know Jeremiah yeah. say, let's see what God would do in forty years." <laughs> and and the the weight and significance of that is so powerful because I, I think we try to fast food, you know. Microwave. discipleship or, or right, spiritual life right. change or just say mm-hmm. like this is the right temperature in this in this microwave this is the right temperature this is the right time it's got to happen in here and god 
doesn't operate that way. God does whatever the heck he wants to do in whomever he wants to do it in. And so yeah, it, and, the, and all of those time frames are different. It could be 40 years that you mm-hmm. see, boom, this one change happen that, you know, maybe people are expecting or hoping for. Not necessarily right. numerical, but, you know, character development and becoming more like Christ. And that was that was the pinnacle moment where where I sat down. I, I, I didn't go to sleep that night. Right. When I, I told the team what we're doing, I just didn't go to sleep that night. I just stayed up and I just sat with the Lord. In my when you room. say when you told them what we're doing, that we're pulling out of the theater okay. and we're coming back to the house. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we thought about looking for other places to go, uh, but we just needed to come and regroup and refresh a little bit. And I remember that night I sat I just sat by myself in my dining room all night with the Lord. And, and I said, you know, what are we supposed to do? What's going to happen? And, and that was what the Lord, you know. Uh, said to me in that moment, he said, listen, like, why does it need to happen right now? Like, if you really want to give me 40 years, like, why do you need it in 40 minutes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because my ego, right. I, I want to look good in front of my friends. <laughs> All my <laughs> church know? planner buddies. <laughs> and <laughs> I want to share my wins at the next new thing meeting. Right. Right. <laughs> and so over Picasso pizza. And so that's what. Set down your pepperoni pizzas, boys. I got. I got one a for story you. for you. That's right. Ask me how many we're running. That's ask right. me. Ask me. <laughs> that's funny. I can't wait till they ask me. I can't wait till they ask me. Jeremiah, what's wrong with your face? I'm just so excited. <laughs> oh okay. gosh. So so um, yeah. And so uh, you know, I said I said, all right, Lord, well, you do do what you want with our church. And he said, well, first I need to do some things in you. Oh. And I'm like, no, I'm all right. <laughs> no, I'm good. No, no do things in me. No. Um, and, and so we just kind of went from there. So obviously as a new, as a new start, uh, we're not, um, like we're self-supporting, uh, but, you know, none of us get paid for anything. Right. Like we're not on staff, uh, paid staff by any means. And so I had to get another job. And so, Same. High five. Well, I applied at 35 places and never even got an interview. Not same. Right. Never even got an interview. And Damn. then uh, I finally get this job, and it ends up being a super slimy uh, media company. And I worked there for two weeks. Oh, no. And it went under federal investigation <gasps> for money laundering and fraud. Holy And moly. everyone got fired. And then everybody's uh, identities got stolen. No. Yeah, yeah. Somebody opened like 14 lines of credit in my name alone. Your and, your identity yeah. got stolen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But fortunately, I got it. Well, it's a good thing your identity's in Christ. That's so, right. Nobody can steal that. That's right. But and, Jesus, can you pay these bills? Because this is expensive. <laughs> well, Jesus they opened them. Jesus, pay my bills. But for whatever reason, I got, I got contacted like immediately. Gosh. And I was able to shut it all down. Praise wow. the Lord for that. Yeah, for sure. And so um, I was like, I don't even Jesus know what it's going to do. Spyware. And so I couldn't find a job. Yeah, yeah. What's a, what are the, uh, life lock. He's my life lock. <laughs> and um, so I went and I got a job at Olive Garden because I love their bread. I, I worked there, I worked there in, through college and made good money. And I thought, well, if I'm going to have a job, if I'm going to find a job, I need a job to hold me over till I can find a job because right. I never anticipated, you know, not being able to find a job. And so I finally, I, I, and I just started working at Olive Garden. Um, and then after about, I don't know, eight months or so, um, I decided to become a real estate agent and I've been doing real estate and I've been doing Olive Garden still and 
planting a church. That's what you're doing. That's what so I'm tell doing. me. So you guys go back to the house. Yes. And what are you doing now? Yeah. What do these conversations look like between you know like is after when you leave like because did you did you have a plan immediately like hey here's what we're gonna do or was this like hey guys we're gonna take a season to pray and seek the Lord and see what He wants to do or you know like walk us through the month two months after you guys were just meeting in homes. Yeah, so um, we go back to the house, and probably for two or three weeks, we keep thinking we need to find another location, and so we're kind of like scrambling, and uh, we about made some deals uh, and decided we didn't want to make those, and we finally came to the realization, let's just stay here, because it feels good. Like, it just feels good to be together in homes again. Uh, and not nice. even in homes, it was in my home. Your house. Right. Like, yeah. it was only ever in my house. And um, <clears throat> people would come over, and and we decided, okay, let's get a little bit structured and so we decided um, to do to start meeting on Saturday night, and instead of just having a one-hour service, uh, people showed up at our house at five, and we would have dinner, and then we'd have worship, we'd have word, and we'd just hang out afterwards and do stuff. And uh, people typically stayed till about nine or later. And so you know, instead of an hour church, we had four-hour church, and uh, mm-hmm. it was just good to be together. Now I had its ups and downs, and our kids were still kind of the the. Um, you know, factor sure. to, to work around because the noise was just unbelievably I loud. I get it, man. We had about 15 kids within our little family group, and uh, it was just a lot. And so we spent about 10 months um, in in home, and everything was going really well. Everyone, everyone loved it. Um, and then in about, um, it was probably around June, we really started feeling like we of were... 2019 this year? Yeah, yeah, this okay. year. We really started feeling like maybe we need to start looking for somewhere else because we've been... One of the one of the areas that the Lord really began to shift us on and shift me on was when we, when we moved here and started, we were all about, you know, the Sunday service mm-hmm. and putting the service together. Yeah. And, and I'm sitting in the dining room that night after we pulled out of the, the theater and... Should I refer to it as something different other than pulling out? <laughs> and I'm sitting there. I love silence. Silence is so good. Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, can you go change oh, our rating on Apple to explicit now? <laughs> So we decided, the night we decided to stop meeting at the theater. Right. Oh, why am I sweating? I'm so sorry. <laughs> My wife is embarrassed. Sorry, baby. Oh, I mm. love it. I love this. We should have ended at 18, bro. We just, mm. nothing good happens after 18, <laughs> after 18 episodes. After 18 podcasts. That's like good. nothing good nothing happens good. after midnight. Right, right. I'm loving this. Where was I at? Do you want me to wipe your brow? No, I'm good. <laughs> it's right here. Oh, Stash it's your sweat. lip, bro. <laughs> so you said that you guys really the, felt like God was. Yeah, you know. the Lord said. The Lord said to me that night. He said, "Hey, what's your uh, what's your mission uh, with the Church of the Nazarene?" And the mission for the Church of the Nazarene is to make disciples of all the nations. And he said, "Have you been making disciples?" I was like, "Oh." But we did the, the service thing, and that yeah, was, yeah, we that had was good. great marketing. We had Facebook ads. Did you see our coffee, God? Yeah. <laughs> Starbucks, only the best, and and so that was a big shift that we had while we were in the home. Was we need to be evangelistic and we need to be discipleship driven, and 
the probably around June, what we really started noticing was uh, we were wanting to be more evangelistic. We wanted to reach out. We wanted to invite friends and family, um, but nobody would come because nobody wanted to come to the church in the pastor's house. Yeah. One of our gals works at a uh, a rehab center or whatever. She's a nurse, and her, her nurse friends got around her and, and said, hey, so you go to church, right? And she's like, yeah, you should come to my church. And like, yeah, we want to come to your church. Where do you guys meet at? I'm like, we meet in our pastor's house. And like, 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 do you know what a cult is? Like, do you need help getting out? Oh, my gosh. We have lawyer friends who wink, specialize right. in help getting people out of cults. Wink, wink twice if you. Right. Yeah. Right. They're always well, watching. What was, that more, what was that show about the Mormon women? And they would help them actually get get out of the homes. Oh, man. I don't know. I never yeah, heard of that. It's a TV show. That's crazy. It's super crazy. Sounds like it. Well, good thing that's not your situation. That's not our situation. <laughs> good thing you're not yeah. that guy. And so you better not be We that really guy. felt like if we were going to be effective uh, evangelistically and, and making disciples, that, that we needed to look and see. And we just kind of felt it stirring in us. Like, yeah. okay, we're, we're reaching the end of this season and we need to go. Um, and we, so we looked around. And it was the same story. It was going to be too expensive and it was going to be too much. And so long story short, um, the Lord brought a new pastor. Uh, his name is Ismael Joaquin. He is a Latino pastor out of California. And he pastors uh, one of our sister churches uh, for the Church of the Nazarene called Todas Las Naciones. And um, that is there off of Kellogg and Tyler. Okay. And... And him and I got together when he first moved to town, and we were just talking. And this is probably in July. And he says, he says, so when do you guys meet for church? I said, we meet Saturday nights at our house. He says, you should not meet there anymore. You should meet here. Mm-hmm. Meet in our sanctuary. Yeah. And so uh, this Latino church um, opened their doors to us and uh, to come in. And we said, Heck we yeah. said, well, we need to talk about, you know, like how much he is said, this going to cost? Muchos gracias, señor. Yeah. I did. I downloaded the Babel app and started learning Spanish. And this, oh yeah, this crew, man, they are the most loving, the most joyful, hospitable people I've ever been around. And it's just incredible because uh, you walk in and, and most people would be guarded. Like, why do you want to use our church? And these people are like, right. open arms, come give us hugs. Here's, you know. here's the entry code to our home. Arroz con pollo. They did. They just gave us a key. And they said, they said, use it, use it. We want to, man, that's and, so awesome. And I was sitting there having a meeting with them, and I said, you know, we want to be a blessing to you guys too. I said, and so, so first of all, how much is rent going to cost? And they said, oh, we won't charge you rent. You just, if the Lord, you know, leads you to give a gift, you can just give a gift each month. Wow. And we're like, all okay. right. And then I said, well, what else can we do? Like, how can we be a blessing to you? And they said, the only blessing we want is to see people come to Jesus in this building. And so if you can bring people to Jesus, we will be more than blessed. Yeah. And I said, okay, we can make that happen. And so now we're meeting on Saturday night still at five o'clock um, in the sanctuary. How long you guys, how long you've been there? Four weeks. How are people liking it? A lot. Yeah. Yeah. We can get the kids out of our hair, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Is that okay to say? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, and then uh, we've had we've had visitors, so we're we're we've had about three new people coming. Cool. For the last several weeks. <laughs> nice. And it's and so here's I, I loved listening to to the episode with Travis uh, because he was he was real specific about being a church for Delano, like like he's right. not a church. 
I mean, yeah, they're going to receive everybody in Wichita that wants to come, but they're there for Delano, right? They have right. a neighborhood they want to be a part of. And that was a, a shift that we made, too, um, uh, and unexpectedly. It was nothing we saw mm-hmm. in our purview at all. But now that we're there, we're like, okay, we have a neighborhood, and, and we need to be the neighbor that loves, right? Yeah. And so this is what's gearing all of our evangelism, isn't like, okay, let's train our people to go to work and go to school and, you know, do all this stuff. Like, okay, how can we just love this neighborhood that we're in? Yeah. How can we be, and it's amazing because we started door knocking. We just go door to door and be like, hey, we just wanted to let you know you might see some signs out front uh, of this church down here. And we just wanted to introduce ourselves and let you know who we are. And people that were like super aggressive when they answered the door, just like instantly melted. Mm-hmm. And now they were mm-hmm. like, oh man, that's awesome. I can't believe that. You know, you guys are going to be there. Yeah, well, come check you out. This will be great. And it's just a very new focus for us to to learn what it means. Not to try to build something. Mm-hmm. Not to try to be something. Right. But but just to kind of let God shape us into being the neighbor that loves. <laughs> which is something we never had before. Isn't it crazy? Well, obviously, the... The journey is such a big part of it, right? It's not like the destination is getting the service off the ground, right? right? And then we've made it and we're here. It's like the Lord is leading you. And even though you have expectations and you're employing certain strategies and and you want things to be a certain way, and then you just, you know, you kind of have to swallow your pride, lay down your ego and just say, okay, well, this isn't working. And, or, you know, this isn't what we thought it was going to be. Let's save some money. Let's not meet here. Let's go back to the house. And, and you just are in that 10 months, like just meeting in your house and doing that faithfully. And what you've, what you've done is you've created a, a community, right? Like there's a group of people that love to get together on Saturday nights. You know, I'm sure some don't come sometimes and some do come sometimes and, People probably want to be there more than they actually can be because of life and that kind of stuff. But you've got this thing going and you're building relationship over time, right? Like this 10 months is part of that 40 years and it's an integral part of that 40 year journey, right? Like I'll just, I'll bless you with 50 and 60 more years on the earth. Like I hope you're, you live to 112, but you know, just a, a part of that. I will. Okay, good. <laughs> just, you know, part of it, it's just cool to hear that. And like you guys are in this place now and what, yeah. Maybe I, I glamorized or glorified that statement you made a little bit, you made to me over breakfast that one day, maybe I twisted it on my head to say something else, but because the way you said it wasn't the way I remembered it, I think you said something along the lines of like, God didn't call me to quit. Like, right. you know, like he didn't call me to this to quit. And, and, uh, I think there's a lot of different points in, in planters journeys where they actually, I mean, they consider laying it down and saying, I'm not going to do this anymore because of unmet expectations or because of whatever issue. Now I know some people, some run into mental health problem and you know, different things come up and, and that's fine. I, I'm not knocking it, but you just have this, this mentality, like I'm just going to keep going, like regardless of what it looks like. And to me that says, it says trust, like my hope is in the Lord and he's going to lead us and he's going to guide us. And I don't know what's going to turn into, I don't know what's going to look like or what we're going to do or where we're going to go or, you know, what's going to happen next year. But you know, I'm in this and I, I need to disciple and be in community and yeah. love the Lord and grow right. and you're doing that and this is where you are and right. it's great. Yeah, I see I see so much of our story, man, like of, of you know, the 
the community of faith that that we have um, in Living Water, and just you know, we had a very similar story. We, for all for all natural known reasons on the outside looking in, all the factors should have worked. The odds should should have been in our favor. Yeah. Um, everything should have worked out, but it didn't. Um, and when I say it didn't, I mean we had the exact same thing, man. You know, working our butts off, all of this, hours of setup. You know, an hour of tear down, all for an hour. Yeah. You know, and and everyone thinking it's like. God was doing something very special in the present moment with all of us and all of those relationships. But I feel like with church planning, you're so focused on the future and what could be that you miss what is. Mm. And and that what is, is like the relationships that God has brought all around you and the influence that you have and, and, and all of that stuff. Like, but it's so easy to just want more like, oh, yeah, this this is a good thing that's happening, but there's an even better thing. And that thing is more people or more this or more that. And, you know, we shifted essentially our methodology, what we're doing. You know, we're meeting in homes and, and in a lot of ways we're we're in a season where we're just we're praying and, we're you know, we feel like we have direction and and. I'm not full time. I'm not paid. I'm not any of that stuff. There's there's a lot of similarities in in what you're saying. And Jason, it was cool. He he attended and hung out with us a couple weeks ago, and um and it and it's just it just feels different to me. Um, what we're doing is, but not different to like, ooh, we're different to be edgy. It's just like we're just simple. Like, what is minimal? Like, what is the minimum that we can do? Yeah. But that is the most that we can do. Just being together and being with one another, uh, eating a meal together encouraging one another, giving people a public platform to share what God is doing in their mm-hmm. personal lives and, and just letting everyone use their spiritual gifts all around us. And it's it's something that's really powerful. <clears throat> the thing that I feel like I struggle with the most is perceived expectations, like me thinking that people are putting expectations on me that they might or might not be. I don't right, I don't know. Right. But this this mental game that goes on in my head of am I doing this the right way? Is so and so unhappy? You know, how are they feeling about this? Are they in? Like are they a part of the and so all of these mental games that go along with that and, and Jesus is literally he simplified the equation for me just here over the last month. It's like, dude, all I need you to do is lead people to me. You don't have to worry about growing this thing. You don't have to worry about any of right. these other strategies or any you just need to lead people to me. Oh, and by the way, you need to lead yourself to me. Like yeah. you have to stay there <laughs> yeah, with me as well. Right. And then I got this. And and you're like thinking way down the road just be here now so that was one of the um defining moments that we had as a church as well uh, as part of kind of getting ready to go um out of the house again and into a more public space uh we read an article by ed stetzer and it yeah. listed five different um models for church planting right because we were stuck on this large launch model and we didn't know how to get out. And so we, we read through this and I had like the big whiteboard or, you know, the flip chart thing that you could write on and I'm writing on all this stuff. And, and I said, okay, here are the five models. And they were, they were like, you know, your large launch model, your traditional model, your missional incarnational, your house church model, or your satellite campus model. Right, those are the five models that he had listed. And I said, okay, looking at the definition of all these, who are we? Like, who are we just, not who are we trying to be, who do we want to be? Who are we naturally? Yeah, who are we just as people? And everyone's like, oh, we're traditional people. Like, we come from traditional churches, and that's all we've ever done. Hmm. And we're like, yeah, us too. I said, so 
let's just and that's something my wife said. She's like, let's just be traditional then. And and that article was defining for us because it said it said, you know, four or five families meeting in the lobby of somebody else's church with just a guitar, no sound system, mm-hmm. and just make it as simple as possible uh, until God grows your church. And it's more it's it's not like a waiting game, but it's it's you know, just being who you are. And so that's how we've been since we've been back in, in a public space. Uh, it's like setup time instead of two hours is now like 25 minutes max. And, um, you know, our, our worship is, is super simple. We do a few songs to kind of get into. Actually, we start out in silence. That's kind of how we do our service now. Because I wanted it to all be worship focused. We don't even do announcements or anything. Yeah. Um, and so we start out. Uh, I read a Psalms. We read a scripture, and then we have a, a a public prayer that we put on the screen, right? And then we just spend about three to five minutes just in silence. And our kids sit in silence, like just to just to align their hearts with the Lord. And God our hearts is truly with you, right? <laughs> I'm like, that's got to be a the blessing. Kids are silent. What? And we, we you know we teach them like different things to help keep them silent and things like that. Like close your eyes and think about this song. Yes, Jesus loves me. And what does that mean? And uh, all this other stuff, and 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 then we go into music, and and it's just good, and it's yeah. good, and it's simple, and there's nothing like. Sometimes we have words. I mean, we always have words to the music on the screen, but like I never prepare, you know, PowerPoint for my sermon and mm-hmm. all these sermon notes that you can fill out. Yeah, we buy blank journals and we just leave them on the chairs. Yeah, and if people want to write something down, they can pick up a journal and just start writing. And That's cool. That's nice. So, wow. Now we're just traditional. So, so would you say that you feel like in you know in this season in the life of your church that it's literally just like, hey, what can we do? That's just let's not make this overcomplicated. Let's not make this stressful. Let's just let's just kind of make this easy in the sense of it's easy because this is just natural. Like right. it, it's just we're not striving to do or be or or make this setup of who we're not. This is just who we are. Right. Right. Yeah. And so um, it's cool being part of a, a denomination um, that, that we're a part of because they, they just have resources. Yeah. And so one of the resources is the district has a couple of um, like outreach trailers that we can just use for nothing. Excuse me. And so we can just go grab a trailer and have a block party, right? It comes with like inflatables. It comes with... Barrio Bash. Yeah. And you got the grill, and you got cotton candy machines, and you got <laughs> yeah. snow cone machines, and all this kind of stuff. And you just go pick it up, and you bring it to your church, and you set it up, and you invite the neighbors to come and have a fun day. Yeah, and it's cool. not like this big special event where you're trying to make something really cool happen. Right. It's just like, hey, we're trying to recruit people for your. We're new to the neighborhood, and we just want to introduce ourselves. Right. It's good stuff, man. You make it. You make it sound easy. Oh man, it's <laughs> okay. Let's let's talk about how hard it is to plant a church. It's it's pretty stinking difficult. Yeah. No, but you it just the uh, the simplicity of that. I mean, just your tone. You make it sound like, yeah. I mean, this is just it, right? Like it's there's not, no yoke. Like right. there's no. It doesn't sound like there's a burden to it. No, no. Right. You're like this. Is just this is what we're doing, and you know, I'm not worried about it, and we're we're doing it, and we, this is where we've been led, and this is who we are, and I want to. That's such that's such a big deal, man. Yeah try to remember a quote. So I was listening to Caesar Kalinowski today on the one, two, three life school podcast. And they were talking about, um, they were throwing out all these crazy statistics about like pastors. And he made a, a pretty, I would say it's a controversial statement because he said, 
if you are feeling, uh, I'm not going to get this quite right, but I'm, I'm paraphrasing. He said something along the lines of, if you're feeling any sort of burden or stress, like because of the ministry that you're doing, it it's because God didn't call you to do that ministry. And then he, he goes in to talk about like, you know, my yoke is easy, you know, the, all that, all that type of thing. Yeah, and so yeah. it, I may not have quoted that perfectly, but the idea was ministry for the Lord shouldn't be this really life stealing thing that steals your joy and like isn't isn't shouldn't be draining you. Yes. Oh no. What it was is he said you shouldn't experience burnout. I think is the word that he used. Well, you know Jesus says that my commands are not burdensome, and then he also he says for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so I've always asked, like I had to ask myself the question a couple times, like if I'm feeling burdened and I'm feeling uneasy, whose yoke am I in? Right. Right. Mm, whose yeah. expectations have I placed upon myself? What yoke am I am who's, I carrying? Whose yoke right? am I carrying? Whose yoke am I carrying? Right. And then, oh, and the other question I I asked is like, well, whose kingdom are you building? Right. Because it's you're in that you're with Christ in that yoke, pulling that plow, like, mm-hmm. right? Whose field are you tending? So what's really interesting is that the ministry is the least stressful part about planting a church. What is what has been most difficult for us has been... Well, I think you acclim- said it earlier. Yeah, acclimating to a new city oh, okay. had been, you know, financially, mm-hmm. like not being able to find a job, like right now waiting tables. I honestly, from week to week am questioning, will I have enough money to buy groceries for my family this mm-hmm. week? Yeah. And, and not even next week, like this week, like it's, what is today? Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. And I'm thinking, okay, do I have enough money, you know, from tips to be able to, can we talk about tipping real quick? Let's no, I'm teasing. It. I'm teasing. We can. Uh, oh, all right. We will. <laughs> if you're ready to end the podcast, we will probably. <laughs> oh man. Have we been going too long? Tipping no, and, no, no, no. Tipping just, and tithing. I'm just saying if uh That's what we'll title if we're this gonna podcast. go on a rabbit trail, we may as well just No. Yeah. No, but but honestly, it's it's the so I was listening to the podcast with uh Stephen Christian. Yes. And you asked him what what attacks did you experience? And all the attacks that we've experienced have not been on the church. All the attacks we've been experienced have been experienced in just everyday life. Mm, so right. having to work two jobs. My wife having to work a full-time job. Uh, my mother-in-law, you know, she, she got lung cancer. And so her oh, and man. my niece moved in with us and now they live with us full-time. Oh, wow. And, and that's not necessarily hard, but there's a life change. Right. 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 And it, there's it, a new normal. It change, uh, changes the dynamics. Um, our, our pastor, our, my co-pastor Galen, he is, um, his mom died of a sudden stroke. And Whoa. yeah. And, and he got a job as soon as he got here, but his job is third shift. And he's Yikes. been third shift for the last two years oh and can't find a job outside of that. Yeah. Gosh, and, darn. you know, uh, his wife ha- had the hardest time finding a job. And so she had to find a job that she didn't like for a long time. And then now you have, uh, you know, a two income household. Um, on top of that, uh, you know, just things going on with our kids and the experiences that they're having. And, um, you know, another family that moved in from Texas, uh, they were in a they were in a place they were in a in an apartment, and then the apartment rented out their apartment before their lease was up. And they said, "All right, your lease is up at the end of next month, and so you'll need to find a new place to live." And we couldn't oh, find them a new place gosh. to live, right? And so all the attacks were outside of the ministry, yeah. And all the hardship was just in everyday life, right? And which was another thing that I did not expect to happen. Hmm. Like I, I thought the devil was going to attack the ministry. Mm-hmm. 
and and I don't I don't know if he necessarily does. I think he attacks the ministers, hmm. and if he can attack the ministers, everything else just falls. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. Yeah, man. I, I think what really attracted me to to hearing your story, you know, when Jason. I don't know if I mentioned to you, hey, we should we should try to get Jeremiah on or how that conversation. You, you know, what attracted me to your story is that I knew, I mean, that you guys, I think Zach had mentioned to it had mentioned to me, I think I said, Hey, you know, uh who's you know, who's gonna be at New Thing this month or something like that. And uh and he had mentioned I'd asked about you and he had kind of just kind of explained some of the stuff that you guys were processing. Well, you know, hey man, they're kind of in a similar boat as us, like they're they're trying to figure out like a we can keep going. What are we going to keep doing? And and so Jason, I think, mentioned you not too long ago and just kind of told me what was going on in the in the church, the space that you guys are meeting in. And I remember thinking, you know, I just remember thinking like, man, he, he didn't shut it down. That's awesome because I feel like that's the go-to. You know, and is is to just shut it down when things get hard, um, or when things get tough, or when th- expectations don't go the way that we hope that they'll go, um, is to is to automatically assume, well, God's not in this, right. God's not blessing this. And I think I I was talking to someone the other day, and I t- oh, it was it was my friend Kyle. I, I talked about this when Travis was on, I think. But just because God calls you to something doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to pan out the way that you want it to or that it's going to be a version of success. I mean, it very well could be that everything happened the way that it needed to so that God could get you uh, at your kitchen table that night and go, you know, what are we going to do? And God goes, hey, we need to look at you, Mm -hmm. and and I want to do some stuff in you. And oftentimes I think that's how it is with planters, is that God wants us to—we get so focused on— the external and other people and other people. And I mean, there's even the challenge of reading the word of God and talking to God for yourself and not to give a word to other people, but mm-hmm. just that relational aspect of it. And so, and God the whole time is going, Hey man, it's you and me, man. Like right, we, right. we can't lose sight of this. And unfortunately it is so easy to let that go on the back burner and for other things to get prioritized over that, that relationship. Yeah. That's a big deal. I, uh, I know in my, my planting story, I I really had minimal to no relationship with God during that time. Um, but I did have a relationship with my Bible, and, like, I was teaching Scripture, and you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. it, I, I read the Scriptures, and, like, I felt like the Spirit at times gave me revelation into, into some of that stuff, but it was rare that I would get in a room and be like, okay, God, you know, or... I mean, it was always task, task, one task after the other. And it yeah. wasn't until you know, shoot, I don't know, three or four years ago that I really started understanding identity as a son and like, you know, being with Jesus and him being the main thing. And I mean, he's always been the main thing, but like really in my life being okay with that, right? Like if I have him and even if I don't have a flourishing ministry or an awesome podcast, whatever, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I'm going to be good. And I, and then, you know, yeah, yeah. So it's just, again, that, that you know the journey is the destination right like you're on it you're you're in it you're his he's leading you and guiding you and then you get to like live this life with other people yeah and and get to know him more in that i think that's a big deal it's huge it's encouraging it's huge so you asked the question uh to the other church planters to ask you the question no no but he wants to be treated fairly i brought the answer though what what was the question questioners a lot of the question is is you know what what kind of advice would you give to to other church planters okay and i think from my experience um you know they they say that to have i I don't know who they are 
but mm-hmm. they, it they is said Head that um, you know <laughs> to more. be effective in church planting, it's it's good to keep your church plant low cost and keep your church plant indigenous, like fuel it with indigenous leaders. And to there was a third one, but I don't even remember what that is. You're bad at those number threes. I know that third one throws me. It's that it's that squirrel mentality. <laughs> but um, you know, I think that that's that's kind of the. Oh, I think the third thing is just mine to. It, it's it's been awesome being in a job outside of church. Oh yes, like being with people, like like everyday people, not just church bubble people. Right. Yeah. And and that has been. <clears throat> That has been more formative for me, not just spiritually, but relationally. Like how to be uh, a minister in public with people of the public, right? Mm-hmm. And go ahead. I mean, it, no, I mean, it'd just be like if Jesus went to the temple every day and hung out, like, and that's where he was every single day, you know, just every day as opposed to walking the streets and, you know, like doing ministry as he was going, honestly, from relationship to relationship, from lunch to lunch to table to table to, you know, what party to whatever he's doing, he's out interacting with everyday people who have these sicknesses and these, I mean, and we only see a handful of these in the Bible. It's nowhere near all of the interactions that Jesus had. Right. And I feel like that is one of the, the biggest negatives to being a a pastor in an established institution is that you're just around your staff and sometimes the local congregants sometimes maybe if they're in your small group but if not it's just your staff that that's it right. and and you lose the ability to i mean honestly to feel to understand to relate you know so for me what what i did is i started my own business i'm a wedding photographer i think a, a lot of that i figured it out i don't like having a boss i don't like right, anyone right. telling me yeah. what to do yeah. so yeah i so anyways I don't have to listen to anyone, but God. So, <laughs> but I get to interact with so many people. You do, yeah. So many right. people, and it's amazing. I get to be Jesus to people while I take their photos, while I spend time with them. And, and as, you know, people may not even realize this too, but you, when you're taking people's orders and you're serving them or you're showing them a home, like you get to be Jesus in the flesh to them. Right. And I think being with my coworkers has been the biggest, right. the biggest experience that I never anticipated to be so formative in my life. And, um, and then learning. There's a lot of community at restaurants. There is. Among the wait like staff. A, it's and, a, it's yeah. a family mentality. Oh, for sure. When you hear, you're your family. family. Oh. So I think that's what I meant, too, by, like, if, if anyone wants to go and plant a church, yeah, to go and be indigenous. Like, take three years to just live in the city before doing like, anything. Be yeah. yeah. Like, get a job. Like, like, like get a work. job, you bum. <laughs> get a <laughs> job. But, but where you have to be with people and you have to learn their life and learn their story and they can learn your life and, 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 and just be for, mm. for about three years you, and then start something. You really got to be like Ariel from The Little Mermaid. I want <laughs> to lose your voice where the people are. I want to run. Want to see them? Yeah, anyways, you got to do that. You got, you got that a was actually pretty good. I do have that was a actually pretty good, Chris. <laughs> yeah, that was not low hanging fruit. Yes, you Chris, you you got up on a middle branch for Woo! that one. That's you good. Said, give me that said, branch. You said, "Here, give me a boost. I got to get up on this branch and get." The... <laughs> That's funny. Oh, hey, can man. I just say this too? Yes, please. Um, I I know you and and you and Zach and and all these other guys, church planters in in the city, have been 
just tremendous, just tremendous to be connected with. Like you guys are also part of what has helped sustain whatever God was trying to do in me and through his church plants. Because we don't have big churches, so we have time for you. (laughs) Hey, you know what's you know what's crazy? So I uh thank you. There's there's a new church planner in town. His name's John. Uh, and he's planting a church. So he was actually at the meetup this last week. So I got to hang out with him. Oh, and cool. So him and I actually, What's up, John? so him and I actually talked for probably another hour out in the parking lot, and uh, it was super encouraging. He was a parachute, you know, and uh, they've just dropped in from Arkansas. But he said something very similar to what you just said. He said, you know, I come from, you know, in Arkansas, it's so competitive, and it's so like there's not this camaraderie between churches and he said it's been so refreshing to yeah. come here and every single pastor that I've met has been interested in our story that's yeah. cared that's asked how they can help mm-hmm. and and so he's like that's something that I've really loved about Wichita so Did you invite him on the podcast? Uh not yet. Did but you I tell will. him we have a podcast? I did. Did you introduce yourself? Chris Cerner, Salty Dogs podcast. No, that's only church. that's only you. That's what you do. That's what I do. He literally one time Jason came to a fire at my house. A fireside. A fireside. Uh, and he said, hi. Uh, and he knew everyone there. I knew everybody. <laughs> he said, hey, Jason Villanueva, Salty Dogs Podcast. Hey, Jason. And, and I went around the Dogs fire podcast. and shook, shook everyone's hands. hand. Jason Villanueva, like, Salty Dogs Podcast. The only Jason thing that would have been Salty better Dogs. is if you gave them a business card. Oh, yeah, an inviter card. <laughs> I prayed over this inviter but, card. But, man, I, I love that. And, and you know, you talk about this vision that you have to see this network kind of grow. I'm, I, I'm just excited. I'm excited to see that play out, but I'm excited to see the continued relationship of pastors. I feel like you're really connected with a lot of urban past. I mean, there's just this, I don't think this is common like in other cities. And I really didn't think about that until John told me about that, you know, and even in big cities, like Wichita is such a unique place because it's, it's not small, but it's not big. And so there's still this, like, it's not like you're in Houston and you're literally like, when you're talking about someone, they're 45 minutes away in your city. It's like, you know, they're 10 minutes, 15 minutes down the road. Um, yeah. <clears throat> it's it's something that's really, really yeah. awesome that I've really grown to love, the community that's being established mm-hmm. here with pastors and staff and, yeah, and it's been know, anyone really, in ministry. It's been really easy for me to connect. Um, you know, just, I, I think I was in the in a great network and, um, you know, it's like, knowing people who know people, but also have done a lot of work to build relationship myself and connect with guys and go have lunch and breakfast and that kind of stuff. And then of course I've got the media thumb. And so I'm always like, Hey, if you ever need anything, let me know. And, and so I think that kind of helps the relationship, but Jason finds his identity in the works he can do for people. I do. He does. I want to be helpful. He does. A servant. Good for you, brother. Thanks, bro. Bro ham. It's the spirit of the gift. Bro chacho. Spirit of the gift, a gift of the spirit. Brotus. What? I'm just saying all these different words for bro. Brochacho, broham. Brochacho, broham, brotis. Broses. Bromeister. Broses came down from the mountain with the commandments. Yeah, I was going to make a white claw joke because you said broses, but it didn't work. Have you ever had a white claw? I haven't. Okay. I've actually looked for them because I heard that they were very popular. They're low carb. What I is know. a white claw? It's a bro drink. It's like a. It's like a. Uh, a like, an like alcohol. Protein? It's like a vodka, It's like a vodka seltzer, but it's low carb. Yeah, hmm. it's or got zero, like it's zero carb. It's two carbs, and they taste fruity, <laughs> like <laughs> like rotten mangoes. <laughs> oh my gosh! Anyways, that's funny. My brother drinks this beer that's mostly water. Mm-hmm. I think it has like two grams of carbs in it. Oh, 
Yeah. <laughs> Which, is it Michelob Ultra? No, it's lighter than that. I don't no, know what it's called. No, Michelob Corona tastes like but Corona Premier? That no, stuff's good. No, Are but you a we beer go, guy? No, no. Be? No, never I, never I drink. Ever. What? You never drink? Never drink. Oh, oh my wow. gosh. Teach me your ways. Hey, there's a story behind that, okay. but that's all right. Well, that's good. Yeah, so, that's but we good. went camping, yeah. and my brother's sitting there sipping on this beer, and my mom's like, you're going to get a beer gut. And while, while they're making like tacos, and my brother's like, it would take me eight beers to equal the amount of carbs in that tortilla. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she just looks You've at You've got tortilla. a good point, guy. You've got a good point. Jeremiah, thanks so much for coming on, man. Yes, yes. My thanks. pleasure. This hilarious. Yeah, if, actually, if you're watching this live, you got a very unique um, experience, because I actually am going to go cut out that. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> going to go cu- cut out what? I'm cutting it out. Cut what out? <laughs> the that, awkward silence? The awkward silence. No, I want that. I'm getting rid of it. No, leave I've it. I've already made a decision. Jason? I'm the editor. I get full. He's editor-in-chief. I have full rights to cut what I desire. If you want to hear the awkward silence, send Jason an email and let him know that you want to <laughs> That's what it. happened before the awkward silence. I'm sparing Jeremiah. No, I appreciate that. that. He, I think he was embarrassed. My oh, lip brow sweated. Yeah, his his have nose you, his nose chin been, was sweating. Have you ever been so embarrassed that your mustache sweated? <laughs> this is what just happened. This just is what then. just happened. Hey, Chris, ask us how many we're running. Uh, do you want? Do you really want me to ask yeah, you? Ask me. Hey, how many are you guys running? So the Salty Dogs podcast. Oh, I was talking about fa- your church Facebook page has 400 likes. Nice. So we Very just hit four hundred. Yeah. Yeah. How Pretty many cool, are in huh? the Salty Dogs podcast group? That's really Six, the number seven. that I care about. It's like seventy six. Uh, here's here's what I want. I want to break a hundred in that group before the year's over. Oh, you do? Yeah. Well, what is your growth strategy? My growth strategy is telling people that they need to jump in that group if you want to see some funny Christian memes. That's funny. Um, and if you want to get salty with us, I've really appreciated that actually, community. I actually think after we finish this episode, we should record a Facebook page and group promo to let people know. About what? About, About the, the Facebook house? page oh, and okay. the doghouse, yeah. I guess I we can we'll do that. that. The doghouse. Dog. Give, give and you have to go. Arru, hey, arru, no, hold on. Arru. No, not that one. Hey, I'm. I'm. You probably heard me say doghouse before, but I'm going to say doghouse how I say it, and then I want you to give mimic it, mimic me the best that you can. Okay. You ready? Yeah. You're going to have to come off the mic a little bit, <clears throat> so that you don't like totally bust the levels on it. Doghouse. <laughs> Your turn. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think you can. Right. Doghouse from from the chest from the. From the diaphragm. From the diaphragm. Dog house. That was good. It was better than yours. Was it? Can you just replace Jason? <laughs> can you just whisper in Nobody. his ear everything? As, as Nobody ed- can replace as Jason. As editor-in-chief. Awesome. <laughs> I've got nothing else. We got one more episode, guys, this season. That's right. One more episode. Mm-hmm. And this is a big reason why I want people to go join the doghouse, because we're going to get we're gonna get silent on the airwaves. We're going to be doing right. some stuff that is patron only, right. uh, and then we're going to be having conversations. We, I thought that, that you said. Okay, we can do that. I don't know. Maybe we're not. I don't know. We're going to be doing some... A lot of the conversations that we're going to be having are going to be having had, hid, had. They're going to be had... In the Salty Dogs Christian Podcast group, the Doghouse. So jump in there. It's good times. It's good conversation. Indeed. It's fun. Can we all do that doghouse thing together at the same time? Oh my god. And then gosh. we say, how that about we say doghouse out? That's gonna be the cheesiest thing we've ever done on the podcast. I don't know that but I can you bring want myself to, to it. You not cheesier than that time. Not cheesier than that time that you and me got in the hot tub full of queso. <laughs> what <laughs> on that note? <laughs> 
All right. Oh, no. are we doing it? No, we're are doing we, it. We're. Um, are we? Doghouse out. I was the only one. Oh, Doghouse out. Go. One, two, three. Ready? One, one two, two, three. Doghouse dog out. out. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm sorry, y'all. This is Jake. This is Jason, one of your co-hosts, and I just want to apologize for this uh, this craziness. Yep. So, anyways, hope you still love us. Okay, bye. Hey, you should give a. So you, here's what we're gonna do. Hold on, don't interrupt me. You have to put in the tagline like that. We get really goofy <coughs> on the front end of this episode because I think people like that. Okay. Like two people. Put your headphones back on. Oh, are we we're gonna. We're really gonna do an intro. Oh. We're gonna do. We're gonna do a uh, Facebook group, Facebook page, and Facebook group promo, and we're just gonna let people to know that that. As the season ends after episode 20, that's where they're going to be able to keep up with what we're doing. Stay connected. I, I don't want to say anything about Patreon because I don't even know that we can commit to that. Okay. Because that's kind of that's a lot to do. So, just does that sound good? Sure. Whatever you want to do. All right. What's up, Salty Dogs listeners? We just have a quick message for you. It's me and Chris here. What's up, Chris? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, guys. So, uh, we've actually done something special this season. I don't know if you've noticed, but... We are doing 20 episodes instead of 18 episodes. 20 episodes. 20 episodes. We got into our Church Planner series and wanted to finish that out with a couple of other guests. And so uh, four four guys are at the end of our Church Planner discussion. But the reason we're making this message is because during our off-season, uh, you know, we, we take some time off between uh, November, December, January. We'll come back around February or March. We'll let you know. Uh, but we do take some time off. Uh, we will be trying to do some bonus content, but we're not going to be doing live. We're not going to be doing... Yeah, we're um, not going to be on our regular We're not going to be on our regular season, yeah. But we want to stay connected. We want you guys to keep uh, keep listening. So the best way to do that is go to facebook.com and uh, sign in, right? Because you remember, everybody's got Facebook. For sure, yep. And then search uh, Salty Dogs Podcast and then like our page. And then you'll also see a search, resu- uh, search result. Oh my gosh, result. Resume? Search a result. I like you, group. <laughs> I like you. That's right. It's the fix. Can I join? <laughs> you can join. Yes, you can, Borat. Approve, deny. Borat, you are welcome into our group. And so um, Facebook and search Salty Dogs Christian Podcast group. And I think we've got like 75 members, uh, but we want to keep conversation going. We For want, sure. want to be connecting with people. I do share a lot of memeage. Um, but I also share a lot of quotes, and we ask a lot of questions. And so if you guys want yeah. to jump in on that community, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it's been cool. I think one of the, the coolest things about that group that I've really enjoyed is people go there to process. Like, they're they're trying to think through something. Maybe it's a matter of faith. Maybe it's a personal thing that they're going through. And, and they bring it to the group. And, you know, we haven't really had anyone get super nasty or rude or, like, you know, get out of here. You're, you know, real bad. I mean, it's just been really cool. Um, not to say that that yeah, So if you're that guy, don't be that yeah, guy. Yeah, don't. You're not, not welcome. welcome. <laughs> How did we just know to do that? Just because we're both Mexican. Mexican. Okay. Yeah. yeah so See, we both knew that was where the joke was going. <laughs> Gosh, we're so so yeah, I would highly encourage, man, if you if you're process if you just want to keep up with us, you know, join yeah, up sure. in the group. Yeah. Stay on top of it. Salty dogs out.